It's time for Inside Sports Medicine on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket, with your host, Dr. Tio Soriao, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Get your sports medicine questions ready and call 888-787-1310. Good Saturday morning, everyone. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Inside Sports Medicine. Live episode 854. We have uh, four more to go. We'll probably end up with 858. Unless something comes up and we do a best of between now and August 27th. (laughs) I'm your host, Dr. T.O. Soriel, live in the studio. This is your sports medicine current events show where the topics are ripped right off of the sports desk. Over the next hour, you're going to be informed, entertained, and hopefully learn something new. You'll have a chance to call in at the bottom of the hour. I'll give out the number as we get closer. Look, over the last 22 years, I could not be more grateful to have this opportunity to share a few hours with you guys every week. You know, radio is a strange thing for doctors. Most of us are not great communicators anyway, even when we have visual, but to be able to talk about some of these sports ailments on the radio without a visual, and to have so many of you guys listen, very grateful, ecstatic that we've had a 22-year run. Joining me in the studio this morning, Scott Blumenthal and Brad Ballard, both physicians. Good morning. What's going on, Doc? <clears throat> Morning. Are we on Facebook today, too? I believe we are. All right. So, given the fact that we just have a few more episodes left, I'm not going to pay attention to that 34-second rule. Flag, flag <laughs> on me. Doc, living on the edge this I'm morning. Living on yeah. the oh, edge. Oh, man, living on the edge. <laughs> you know we were, You know what else he did this morning? We What's were, that? We were at a red light getting ready to... Oh, don't be telling everybody. Oh, dude, that's... He ran a, he ran a red that's light. That's typical. Just don't even... Right, he looked right, looked left, saw, him, saw the homeless guy on the left, and just took off. <laughs> that's... That's so, Doc. Okay, so... He said it's just a suggestion, Not a that, not, not that... Not that I'm a lawbreaker, but do you stop at a stop sign at 4 in the morning or 3 in the morning? I slow down. Okay. I'm not if you of, start I'm not any <laughs> any sentence saying not that I'm a lawbreaker, almost by definition you're a lawbreaker. Just so <laughs> just so that we're clear. Well, I it's I mean okay. Um I'm not out of three in the morning to make that call. No that's a good <laughs> point. Okay. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Because <laughs> I'm uh, not up I'm that just, early in the morning. That's just not happening. Yeah. All <laughs> now, right. well, having so- said that, you are absolutely correct. There, There is a light near where I live that is just the longest, longest light. And sometimes when I go on these trips, I take really early morning flights from DFW. Yep. And if I'm at 3 or 4 in the morning trying to catch a 5 a.m. flight, I look right, I look left, I just take off. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, not that I'm a lawbreaker, but... Right. Well, <laughs> exactly. I, I, intent, I understand the intent of the rule. I yes. understand the spirit of the law. I yes. get it. Yes. I absolutely get it. For sure. But when it's not a... Pl- Let's just say you were on a desert island and there was a red light. Are you going to stop? 
That was a bad example. That was a terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible analogy. <laughs> Say you were on Mars, right? And you and were the no, only and one. No one and, else is there. there and nobody else there. And the McDonald's was just about to close, right. and there was a red light right in front, and you wanted to get you wanted to get that one last Big Mac in. Yeah. All right. Before you rocketed back to Earth from right. Mars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because you know there is only one McDonald's on Mars. And it yeah. closes. It's not open 24-7. They're thinking about opening a second. But yeah. Yeah. I heard. It's going to be demand-based. Yeah. Demand. <laughs> We're silly this morning. Where are we going? So uh, I, have a, I have a topic this morning, uh, a primary topic, and it's the physics of sports medicine. In, in orthopedics, which is the treatment of bones and joints <clears throat> and muscles and tendons, we, during our training, every year we have an in-service training exam. And early in the career, it was, a lot of it was physics. Don't you remember the modulus of elasticity? And, biomechanics. And biomechanics and all that stuff. And I used to think, why are we learning this? You know, once they once they make a plate and screws out of a titanium or whatever, the scientists have figured it out for me. Now, why do I need to know this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now that I'm older and I'm seeing the physics of sports medicine play out during training camp, all of a sudden it makes a lot more sense to me. Mm. So when you see these some big star in the NFL center yep. ruptured his patellar tendon. Mm. It's a physics injury. Yeah. It's a physics injury. I don't know if he weighs 350 pounds and he was pushing off and somebody was leaning on him and whatever, whatever, and the tendon snapped. Yeah. It's like a rope snapping. The forces that were applied to that area just couldn't sustain. Exceeded the tolerance ex- of the structure. That's right. That's Bingo. a very scientific way of explaining a rupture. And I've I've been talking about I've been talking about the physics of ACL injuries now for well over two decades, and and it and the reason I brought it up for the show today is because it is training camp, and you know you're seeing the hamstring injuries, and you're seeing the Achilles injuries, and you're seeing the calf injuries because for the most part these big guys have not been exploding like this all summer long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they've been lifting weights and they've been getting in shape and getting cardio and eating right and all that stuff. But now you have to explode against another person who's also exploding. Yeah. And the physics is just too great. Well, there's that and then the, I guess you could say the tensile strength yep. of the tendon is compromised because of tendinosis because of wear and tear over time so now instead of having a solid structure that could maybe sustain that same accelerated force five years ago five years ago that tendon's not the same mileage yes right so so now we're facing mileage which contributes to the physics equation and this is applicable to every one of you guys listening every one of you guys listening the physics of grandma's hip breaking. You know, so you remember, I'm talking to Scott now, so the rest of you guys just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you remember Ken Johnson, our staff, when we were back in residency? I do. Okay, and and, and I love Ken. He, he may he rest in peace. Um, 
he used to say that grandma didn't break her hip when she fell. Her hip broke and then she fell. That's true. Mm. It is absolutely true. That's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Physics. Wow. Physics. The bone was getting weaker, getting weaker, getting weaker. Finally, she takes a step to go upstairs, and it gives, and she falls. And the the sequence is often missed by everybody involved. Oh, she fell down and broke her hip. No, no. The hip broke, and then she fell down. Interesting. Anyway, I thought that this was a good subject to talk about for this particular episode, 854. And there's a couple other things that I've got on my list. What brought that about? You've been seeing some guys um, kind of preseason who are trying well, to get back. Uh, well, you can't see the TV, but th- the case I'm talking about, there he is being carried off. Uh, anyway. Gotcha. Uh, big guy for, yeah. uh, what was it, Tampa Bay? I don't I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't follow the NFL. At- That's correct. It was the it was Tampa Bay Bucks center, Ryan Jensen. Yeah. And there you go, by the way, that other voice is Jacob. We love having you here, Jacob. Good morning. See, you you fill in the gaps. You fill in <laughs> the right. accuracy gaps, which you know you might want to look up if there is a second McDonald's on Mars. I, just just fill in that accuracy gap. Cross streets is what we need. Fact check. Fact checker. I yeah. don't think they have the infrastructure laid down quite yet for a second one. So I'm yeah. going to go there with you, no. There you go. Sewer system and stuff like that. All right, quick little break. Inside sports medicine. T.O. Surreal, Brad Ballard, Scott Blumenthal coming right back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. Tio Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. Tio Soriel. Welcome back. George Harrison's most famous song that he didn't steal. What does that last sentence mean? Didn't steal. What are you? What? He got sued for My Sweet Lord. Oh, seriously? A patent. Yeah. It, it sounded too much like an old song, and and that the sewer, I forgot who it was, prevailed. I did I did not know that. But I, a lot of, I, a lot I love of stuff this song. that uh, is coming up new today uh, that we did, some people didn't know. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine, T.O. Soriel, Brad Ballard, Scott Blumenthal. We have a generational gap here. Brad. Yes. Share what you just got. No, a good friend of mine, who I guess is listening, was uh, just uh, sent me a text. And he was like, I hadn't heard about that fracture happening before they fall. Yeah. So, clearly... That was what our generation was taught. Not in every case. Right, not in every case. Not in every case. I mean, granted, but more often than not, if you're dealing with grandma and osteoporosis, she's walking out to the mailbox, catches her toe on a twig, mm-hmm. it breaks, and she falls. Well, the break your, happens before the fall. What was your initial response when you heard that? Like, what well, are they teaching? What are they teaching these days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, this is this is orthopedics 101. What? Fracture, are, osteoporotic hip fractures are probably the most 
common operation we do in five years of orthopedic training. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it is absolutely gospel that an osteoporotic fracture happens from a misstep or a misstep, yeah, and yeah. then they fall. Then they fall. It's, it's oh, my God. What are the – It's. I'm assuming your, your guy is young. Oh, Obviously, yes. he went to school with you. I'm outnumbered here. You are? So I'm so, so, You're so clearly so outnumbered. Let me just say this. I'm outnumbered. And to my friend who texts me, I don't have you here to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. to, well, to he, help me out. He can call in. So I'm, I'm a little worried that we're losing our audience because this is such a nerdy discussion. Oh, dude, this is... This is beyond nerdy. Yeah, yeah. On the level of nerdy discussions, we're, we're pretty high. This is pretty this nerdy. But, but, but it does... It does emphasize the topic for today, which is the physics of sports medicine. Oh, I didn't know you were going to go there. You're going back yeah. to that as opposed to the greatest generation? Oh, we're oh, going to circle man. back to that. Okay. Oh, we are definitely going to circle back to that. Uh, Brad, you might want to leave. I, yeah, or, I'm clearly outnumbered today, <laughs> or get and your, I've got or, no support You have no for support. my generation. Well, try to, try to make a case. Well, but so The physics of sports injuries, I've been talking about the physics of ACL ruptures now for about 20 years, and, and I've picked up on that just, um, I, I don't know, just over, over the years that I've watched people rupture their ACLs. And in particular, the mechanism by which I tore my ACL, uh, Remember the rubber floors they used to have for basketball courts? Mm -hmm. Are you old enough for that? Mm -hmm. Okay. They've since outlawed them because of the number of injuries. Mm. Well, it's physics. So you have a, and in my particular case, I had a brand new pair of shoes, brand new pair of basketball shoes, and they stuck to the rubber. Well, something's got to give. It's either your ankle or your knee. And in my case, it was my knee. And so they no longer have that. And they went back to wooden floors. And wooden floors are a tad more forgiving mm -hmm. because they get a layer of dust on them. And your foot is likelier to slip rather than blow out your ACL. Well, in the NFL, the whole discussion about AstroTurf. Why is AstroTurf so dangerous? Because your foot sticks. Yep. Your cleats stick. And if you're running at... 18 miles an hour, and you want to change direction, and your foot catches, mm -hmm. your ACL goes. Well, it's a firm, number one, in addition to being a firmer footing, it allows you to push off more effectively. You can run faster. Exactly. I know why they have it. Yeah. It's in the long run, it's cheaper. Yeah. Because you don't have to resaw it every year, and, and it doesn't get muddy. And I know why they have it. And in fact, it, it's actually a better game played on AstroTurf. And it looks better on TV. It, it does. So, except, those blue, except those blue AstroTurf fields. Boise State. With the advent of, which is what most most nearly everybody that has an artificial surface now has field turf. If they don't, I'd be shocked. Right. Um, with the advent of field turf, isn't one of the reasons that ACL injuries have, I believe, somewhat decreased is because this stuff reacts and moves much more like grass when you're planting and cutting? So that that is true. That is true. So two things that I need to clear up here. ACL injuries have not improved. They've just plateaued. They're still rampant. They're still 
I, I would love to see what the numbers are for training camp, but ACL injuries have not gotten better. They just haven't gotten worse. And if you actually look at field grass, it is blades of plastic. Right. It's blades of plastic in a field of little rubber pellets. So it, it tries— Sand, I believe, too. Isn't it well, there's sand. Sometimes yeah, there's sand. So it, it simulates real grass. Uh, and it's cheaper, and it, uh, it's cheaper in the long run, and it doesn't get muddy and all that. So you're right. That was better than the original AstroTurf, which was literally green carpet. Dude. It was green carpet. And yes, was I remember the Astrodome. I mean, it was it was just like a maybe what an inch or two of of carpet, carpet on the cement. On, on cement. the cement. Yeah. <laughs> on the cement. Jeez. Well, so so again, if if you if you analyze this down to its basics, it's physics. Add to that, and Brad and I have had this discussion numerous times, the NFL is bigger, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. They're bigger, faster, stronger. You know, years ago, if you had a 300-pound lineman, man, you were really lucky. (laughs) Now they're all over 300. Yeah, Yeah, they average over 300, the lines. And And they move quick. They can run a 5'2", 40. Think of that physics. And, and. Think of the collisions. It's well, just, equivalent, it's, equivalent to you know massive car accidents. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just think. So, so when you're watching an NFL game and and you're, it is remarkable how these guys move. I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I give them whether it's a receiver, whether it's a running back, the NFL today is a prettier game, but the collisions are. Whereas twenty years ago it wouldn't have broken your bone, now it will break your mm-hmm, bone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, which is which is why, but not only ACLs and orthopedic injuries, but the concussion thing as well. So it's the reason they basically took away hitting across the middle when a, when a wide right. receiver goes across the middle, you, you won't see the collisions like we did when 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 we were younger, and, and that clearly is like the only improvement of the younger generation over ours is eliminating. They recognized it, right? And I think it, it was all about. And you didn't pick up on that. I did, but I want to circle back <laughs> yeah. to that generational thing. <laughs> That's a tease. It is. It is. But it, it, the concussion thing—they recognized a long time ago that there were a lot of concussions in the NFL. They—they mm-hmm. they knew that. Yeah. But they just didn't think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until they realized that hey, there's permanent damage here that it became a big deal. Right. Right. And yes. We we can go into how long it took them to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, that's a whole other discussion. Thing. That's yeah. a business of that's a business question. That's a business question. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you eliminate the physics? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you can eliminate. The bigger, faster, stronger. What are you going to tell the guys? Don't work out. Hey, oh, no. don't run as no, fast. No, no. they're or, only going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. But those, but that's what. No, no. For certain things like non-contact injuries, you're absolutely correct. But the bigger, faster, stronger thing has elicited some new rules in the game, like the cutting across the middle thing and yeah, targeting, targeting. Yeah. So you know you have to, and, and I think football, college, high school. Mm-hmm. NFL has done a good job at evolving a safer game while still having a nice product that looks great on TV. Mm-hmm. 
and and 100% agree with you. You know, I'm a huge college football fan. In fact, I, I'm a football fan in general. Um, but but I don't know what it's going to look like 10 years from now. Mm. And, and that's what I'm a little worried about. They're going to have to have smart sports medicine people like you two to say, you know, you need to tweak this rule a little bit. Well, I, t- I think research is just going to evolve. Um, we talked about this before. I, I think it's going to start to become like who's more durable and just available because I see so many overuse injuries every week of athletes who can't continue playing because – they're 16 and they got tendinosis in their knee already of somebody who looks like a 30-year-old vet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because they're overworking. So part of the issue and part of the research was I think is going to develop is being able to, to, to see how you can limit the wear and tear over time. And that bigger, faster, stronger maybe isn't the, the answer to being the best athlete on the field. Well, I also think that they're going to have to expand the rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL's been resistant to this. The owners have been resistant to this. They kind of do a – so they've expanded the taxi squad. What do they call the reserves? What do they call these practice guys? Squad, like the practice, practice squad? squad. Kind of yeah, they've expanded that. And what, what ends up happening, I'm afraid, is the healthiest team at the end of the year is the one that – is competitive for the Super Bowl. Right. Healthiest in the key position. Yeah, and, and that's what I think that's what happened with Tampa Bay a few years ago. Is they that not that they weren't good? I mean, they were good. Yeah, but come playoff time, they were the healthiest. <laughs> you, you you get eight good teams, and the healthiest of them is going to win. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my opinion, and I do have a sports medicine angle to that. Right, it's true. But again, the, the bigger fa- are we going to have four hundred pound linemen at some point? Yeah, again, I. I don't know. I, I just think the key. I, I think research is going to continue to to show that maybe <clears throat> just because you're bigger, faster, stronger doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a better athlete because it's going to put you at risk for certain. Th- you know, like your joints just won't be able to hold up. Well, what they'll have to do is next to the McDonald's on Mars, start building football stadiums where there's <laughs> less gravity, like in point eight gravity. The four hundred pounders wouldn't wouldn't be uh, yeah. I mean, workouts workouts have evolved. They don't. They, so a lot of these guys don't use like all these huge weights, you know, and just are bench pressing. I mean, they're doing more functional movement kind of stuff. So so thing is things are kind of already evolving in the plateauing a little bit. Let's go to Josh. I want to hear what Josh has to say. Uh, good morning, Josh. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Yes, fellas. Speaking of the bigger, faster, stronger, and the physics. In order to uh, cut down on injuries, why doesn't the NFL just grow the grass or the field turf, whatever you're using? I would prefer grass, but grow it up to about eight inches and it slows everything down. <laughs> well, first of all, that's, US Open rough. that's been thought of. You're not the first to say this. In fact, there are some teams back in the day that had grass fields that would purposefully not mow it to slow down the other team's running backs. So that has been thought of. Um, like your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Like my Notre Dame Fighting Irish when Reggie Bush was there. And by the way, he still put 160 yards on him. Mm. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I was there. But so good idea. It's been thought of. But the flip side of that is the NFL does not necessarily want to slow, slow down, down the game. game. Exactly. They don't. It is a better game when you see Barry Sanders doing a 360 and avoid the right. competitor. 
Uh, whereas or somebody gets hit really hard, that that's yeah. a you know. Yeah, that, I can't speak on their behalf, but I don't think they want to slow it down. Good idea. I guess he hung up. No. Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I didn't know that about the growing the grass. I've heard of in the old days watering it to make it slipperier. Yep. To, to, for the receivers on the other team not to be able to make their cuts. Yeah. Look, this is this was all a home field advantage thing. Um, yeah, it was uh, Notre Dame against USC, and uh, they grew the grass extra long, six inches long, so that Reggie Bush would not be able to cut. And didn't work quite and, well. And do you, and do you think, Damn if he didn't get 160 yards. <laughs> yeah. And you think the, the Patriots were the first team ever to deflate football? Yeah, or the first team to get caught deflating That's another football? physics equation. Uh, it's <laughs> physics. It's it physics. It physics. That is physics. So you kids in school, go to physics class. <laughs> Quick break, coming back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. Tio Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. Tio Soriel. Welcome back. Another classic. Yeah. This will wake you up in the morning. That, that's the point. Yeah. So that was, uh, again, from the great generation of uh, music. Yep. It, everything was better. You know, Mike. <laughs> what's the name What's the name of the song again? Fortunate Son. Fortunate Son, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. So my kids obviously grew up listening to this because... When I took them to school, it was in the car, et cetera, et cetera. You forced them to? I did. <laughs> I did. But you know what's interesting? Well, I didn't force them to. That's all we had. But what was interesting is they continue to listen to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, this stuff is still really popular with the, was it Gen X now? Where are we? I lost track. I don't know. What Millennials? We're in Gen Z right now, I believe, with the kids in their 20s. Okay, then we, gotta, we need to go back one. So whatever is before Gen Z. What's a millennial? That would have been the millennials. Okay. Okay. So I think millennials still listen to our music. No question. Yeah. Because I don't think they have any good music of their own. No. And look, I don't, I'm not worried about offending millennials right now because they're still asleep at 730. <laughs> so they're not it, up for another two or three yeah, hours. If you're a millennial and <laughs> you're listening hilarious. to this show, I think you got us you by mistake. A, you have a heart of a, <laughs> of a uh, you're an old baby boomer. You're an old soul yeah. if, right. uh, if you're in your 20s or 30s and are up now. But There's, pff, no way. No way. So, so the natural question people ask about the physics of sports medicine is, well, how do I change the physics? You know, I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to um, not work out. I'm not going to not eat right. Well, how do you change the physics? Well, uh, there are a few things that, that you can do. Uh, improve your flexibility. So when you get bigger, faster, stronger, you also get tighter. And that does lead to its own set of injuries. You, know, you pull, a lot of soft tissue stuff. Pull a hamstring, pull a whatever, a, a quad. Or, that, that's, flexibility is really important, and you can't ignore that. And it is, by the way, the opposite of strengthening. So when you got to stretch before and after a weight workout, um, I, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of proper shoe wear. 
Um, yes, you can get a shoe that really, really sticks, but that presents its own set of problems. Right. In the soccer world, most, in fact, all English Premier League games are played on grass, uh, not turf, and the players would really protest if they had to do an exhibition on turf. Um, and they've also legislated the length of the spikes, the length of the of the shoe cleats. Mm-hmm. Um, long time ago, wasn't that? Well, maybe not that long ago. They used to have three quarter inch cleats. And man, if you get cleated by that, if somebody Ooh. slides into you, you you got gashes. Uh, but they were also associated with um, injuries. So I think they've legislated, certainly at the younger level. Uh, shorter cleats so flexibility shoe wear uh, you know if, if if you're tired and it's recreational pull yourself out because a lot of times you get injuries as a result of fatigue but yeah you're right there are a lot of things about the physics that we can't change but there are some things that we can just at least be aware of scott is there physics in in spine surgery in the back so 90% of what we see is what you talked about in terms of mileage on tires. It's wear and tear. Well, you know, the most common problem is obviously a herniated ruptured lumbar disc, and we've defined that many, many times on this show over And we've seen that in a years. lot of young pro athletes. Right. And, and it turns out there's kind of a combo. So most of the time, normal discs don't rupture. If you, if you have a ruptured disc, you know, I see patients and, said, my doctor said I have a ruptured disc and some degeneration. I said, well, that's normal because normal discs don't rupture. You have to have some wear and tear to propagate some weakness. And the weakness tends to be, interestingly enough, right where the nerve is and in, in the back corners of, of the disc. That's the, the weakest part. So just, again, physics. The disc is interwoven. It's like, like uh, crisscross mm-hmm. fibers. And the crisscross is weakest in those back corners, which is why Where the when nerve you rupture a disc that, yeah, you get some back pain, but it's the leg pain that brings you to, mm. to, to your doctor. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. That's, 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 so, there's, so, there, so there is physics. And, and, and you know, obviously, we had to learn that as well. We were talking about those in-training exams and studying biomechanics, as you said earlier, was, was the biggest toil of preparing for those in-training exams. Did we know that when we were residents about the posterior lateral corner being the weakest one and that's what, did we know that? Because I must have missed that question. Well, <laughs> the, well, number one, I, fo- I focused on spine, you focused on ACLs. Yeah. So I knew that, but that research was happening that time by, again, our generation of the most highly evolved humans ever. I agree. You know, Our they, generation was smarter than our previous generation, our parents, and I'm going to go on to say we're probably smarter than our kids. How'd that go with that conversation not with, your, well. with your kids? <laughs> not well. Yeah. yeah. That one did not go very well. <laughs> and and so if... But, if uh, but I do think human evolution did peak with the baby baby boomers. Oh, gosh. Don't you think? I, I do. Yeah. I do. Well, because they were... Everybody's shaking their head. <laughs> everybody's shaking their head. I, well, because, I just want to continue listening well, wait, well, to this. Like, music, I just want to hear it. Music. Science, and we're on the tail end of baby boomers, by the way. Cult, so, so culture. people, people before us and older than us, get all the credit. But so things, not just medicine, everything 
evolved so rapidly in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, we went from a biplane to 747s. We went from the telegram. Yeah, the computer now. The the computer definitely. It just just skyrocketed, and it skyrocketed under their watch. Yeah. And Uh, that uh, Steve Jobs and Woj, Woj, who was his partner, the, the computer guy. They were both baby boomers. Yeah, it, it's so so. F- you mean was 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 and was. But at any rate, Steve Jobs, Steve uh, Wozniak, Wozniak. Yeah, I mean it's it, everything you guys have done after the, our generation has been perfecting what we came up with. And there's more stuff. You're gonna let me get away with that, Brad? No, <laughs> I'm just listening to this, dude. I I've got no leg to stand on. I got no help here. Well, but see, so the point is, I'll help you. Yeah, you got you got some Thank help. You, Jacob. I mean, I, you and I, I think are a little bit different in age, but I'm closer to you than them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're on my side of this. Deal. Yeah. I mean, you're not incorrect about how things took exponential steps in the '70s and '80s specifically, but think about what's happened just in the last. 25 years yeah yeah okay uh, from the late 90s until now in advancements in not only technology but advancements in in your field in health and nutrition and surgical procedures and all of that look i'm, I'm not i'm not debating that there's tremendous advances since 2000 since the turn of the century oh, yeah. Just again exponential growth yeah but but as a generation um oh my god i'm really going to Piss people off. <laughs> I, I, uh, so, but you know, what? so my son, my son does not know how to read a map. Okay, but is that generational or is that just, or is that Sam? Well, that's his argument. Well, no, that could be Sam. That's just. Uh, sorry, I think Sam's asleep, so I'm I'm good with this. In fact, I know I'm good with it. But but I'm just using him as an example. If your phone is dead, you can't get to Starbucks. Think about that. Just think about that. So, in this 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 segues back to the conversation. Why are we you had laughing, Jacob? We're, Why are you laughing? It's just uh, I'm laughing because it's it like I mean, true. if you're if you can't, you're saying you can't get to Starbucks if your phone is dead. If you're a directionally challenged idiot, then you're a directionally <laughs> challenged idiot. If you can't remember how to get from point A to point B without your phone, that's a you problem, not a tech, not, not, right, a, generational not a generational problem. problem. All right, yeah, let me yeah. let me throw a couple other things out there. We were. <laughs> T and I were talking about this on the way in. <laughs> but and how important is that in general anyway? All right. Like you know? talk about think about advances that have improved lifestyle. And again, these all happen by baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And I we were talking about this because our backs are stiff, we're older. Um, slip on shoes. Back in the old days, you know, remember people spent hours lacing up their shoes like in the you know, in the in the eighteen hundreds, man, we're talking about slip on yeah, shoes, slip on shoes, wheels on, right, we wheels gotta, on, on, wheels on luggage. luggage. Why didn't we think of that sooner? Yeah, that happened. They used to carry a crate. What are we talking about? We're I talking don't about know. Wheels on luggage. We're and talking slip about if physics. That's, if we're talking about physics. If y'all are gonna claim that generation, claim- we, we gotta we gotta get some more. Wait, we, we gotta get some more backup for. for Wait, you you've guys. grown up with luggage that had wheels on it. We, we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, that we, all happened during our lifetime. Yeah. I don't, Invented by a baby boomer, I'm sure. All right, we got to take a break because this is, they had this on is slip-ons, shoes, and wheels, wheels on, on luggage. luggage. And what did okay. you come up with? The iPhone? The fact that that's what you hang in your head. <laughs> yes, exactly. You mean the smartphone? Period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, but because we have smartphones, we don't think on our feet. We don't have to. It's thinking for us. Quick break. Coming right back.
of all time so my my kids know earth wind and fire i mean i don't know what generation my kids are i mean they're they're young between 13 and 6 but they know earth wind and fire and when this song comes on in the car everybody's jamming yep and, and it's and also one of the things that I, it, that is i i want to go see earth wind and fire live i know you told me about when scott you and i saw him mm-hmm. I've got to go see them live. We'll, we'll do a field trip. We'll absolutely, go with you. <clears throat> absolutely go with one you. One of the greatest shows ever because you know every song. Oh yeah. man! Oh yeah! They're great entertainers. You know every song. Oh, a huge Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. Yeah. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine. To Soriel, Scott Blumenthal, Brad Ballard, live in the studio. Phones going crazy. Let's go to A Ray right off the bat. Uh, good morning. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to listen to this show for the last fifteen years. That I've been a part of it. I appreciate what you guys have done. Thank you so much for that. Hopefully, it's informative and entertaining. It is. So I got a <laughs> question for you. All right. By the, by the way, I, I can't wait to go see. I haven't seen Earth Wind Fire Live either, but I want to go see them too. Yes, indeed. You got to do it. Um, I will. I had a, a, a what I think was a quadricep strain or or pull. Yep. When I was when I was out uh, playing, throwing the frisbee around. And it was so strenuous that the first day I had to, I mean, I couldn't walk on it. I had to use an umbrella as a cane uh, for like the first day. So I put ice in, on it for about 48 hours, just thinking if I stayed off of it, it would get better. How long ago was this? This was two weeks ago. So just barely uh, 14 days ago. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. After a week, it hadn't gotten. It hadn't gotten. I mean, it's. I mean, I can walk, but I still have moments where it feels very weak, and it's on the top side. Of if I'm sitting down, it's on the top of the quad. They're going toward the left outside. Right. So I'm assuming that there was an acute step where something happened. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what happened. Yes. All right. So so my experience with quads, and and we see this often in soccer players. Um. It is it is a really important muscle. Obviously, I don't have to tell you that uh, be, be, for walking. It's a very important muscle for walking, and it is really slow to heal. Uh, don't be surprised if this takes. Quit trip. Need some roller therapy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, didn't know what that was. Uh, so I'm not sure if um, this is one of those things that may take weeks or even longer to heal. Oh, wow. um, they are, yeah, and and I was going to say, if you're having difficulty walking, it may be worth worth yeah. a visit. You know, come see one of us. Go see Brad. Uh, just just to get a, an idea of the extent of the damage. While okay. we may not, and there may be a few things that we can help you get it better faster. But while we may not be able to take three months and make it two months, uh, we may be able to tell you a, a pretty accurate estimate for how long it takes i had a player that was ag- that had an aggravated quad the entirety of the season uh, it, it is it's a very difficult injury to overcome um, okay happy well, to see you use ice use compression um go see somebody so we can figure out the extent and and thanks for listening 
Yep. Thanks, Avery. All right. Uh, I guess we lost him. All right, let's go to. I can't read it. Is that Jason? All right, let's go to Jason. Good morning, Jason. What's up? Good morning. I have a pretty specific question, which is, what is an ACL sprain, and do you actually heal from it if you recover? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. That is an yeah. absolutely great question. Um, so, yeah, so a sprain, just by definition, whether you sprain a finger or an elbow or a knee or a big toe, a sprain is an injury to a ligament. And it does not define the extent of the sprain. So you may have a first-degree sprain, which is a stretch, a second-degree sprain, which is a partial tear, or a third-degree sprain, which is a complete rupture. And so it's not a term that we use with ACLs very often because the vast majority of ACLs are either zero or 100. Uh, Partial ACL tears are extraordinarily rare. So I, I don't know... How, who used that term? Is it a radiologist that called it a sprain, or is it the orthopedist? I mean, wh- where uh, where did that come from? Because it usually th- those two terms are not associated very often. An orthopedist looked at a MRI and said it was a mild sprain at worst. Yeah, I I I I don't know. Flag. I don't know. Flag on the play. It's a, look. It, it, there's it's not it, that it's not possible. It's, it's not that not, it's not, not possible. Likely, so it's not very rare. So so here's. If you've been listening to the show for a while, then, then you know. Uh, MRI is just one component that goes into the diagnosis. The story is important. The exam is important. The imaging is important. And you put all that stuff together, and then you can come up with, you as an orthopedist or, or a specialist, come up with, all right, well, so what do we have here? So if you don't give me a story for an ACL injury, uh, then chances are the radiologist saw some fluid around the ligament and he called it a sprain. But if you give me a story, hey, my son was running down the field, he planted to change direction, he popped and fell to the ground, and the radiologist calls it a sprain, then that's a flag on a radiologist. So it's a story, it's an exam, and it's an imaging. So even though you thought this was a simple question, it really isn't a simple question. <laughs> well, it's a direct well, so- question, but it's not a simple answer. I assume it would mean they, whether they're you know totally right or not, they didn't observe a tear. Correct? Yeah, but then they would say that. You know, most of my radiologists will say the fibers are intact, so mm-hmm. you you can't just say sprain and not elaborate. So I'm gonna and, and we talked about this not a couple of episodes ago about radiologists how some don't read deep enough and some overread. So I'm gonna tell you that I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, but 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 don't just take it for face value. Don't think that it's a sprain, which means it's not a big deal. Yeah. You, you need to know what degree of sprain it is. Thanks, bud. Very good. Thank you. All right. That was a good way to end that. Good. That was a good one. Um, wow. This it's, went fast. Yeah, went oh, my quick. goodness. My, my second to last show. All right. Four more episodes of Inside Sports Medicine left. On behalf of all of us here on Inside Sports Medicine and The Ticket, Until next week, tell your friends.